Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, good Thursday afternoon. Welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. That's pearlriverresort.com. The Seaspire text line is open to you, 601 879 Four three nine five six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do. And that's right here in Ceasefire Country. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. We uh, we got a lot to get to this afternoon. There, there's a lot that's happening, and there's actually some news on the baseball front today. Um, a college baseball coaching legend has passed away. Florida State head, our former Florida State head baseball coach and Hall of Famer Mike Martin has passed away at the age of 79. One of the most decorated coaches in the history of college baseball. We have the news of starting next year when there are 16 SEC baseball teams, not 14, 16. I don't know if you guys knew or not. Starting next year, Texas and Oklahoma are going to be members of the Southeastern Conference, which means for the 2025 baseball... I know, breaking news. 2025 baseball season... The University of Texas? Yes. The Longhorns. The the Longhorns. Man. Um, So... Can't wait to ask Greg Sankey about that in this... uh, 16 baseball-playing teams. What are you going to do with the tournament? Oh, we have got big, big changes starting in 2025 coming to the SEC Baseball Tournament. Are these good changes? Are they bad changes? I don't know. We will discuss, and uh, we'll get some feedback from you on that as well. Uh, Every time we think that the college football coaching carousel is done, it takes another spin, as it did late yesterday. And um, kind of a... Kind of a curious decision coming out of a school and a coach in the ACC. We have a basketball student manager who is taking part of a press conference or who took part of a press conference with the head basketball coach today at Ole Miss. 
Yes. Um, you, you, you saw Kyle, the student manager, um, who very diligently went about his responsibilities in cleaning the floor and became a, uh, a bit of a social media superstar. Um, Chris Beard said in his press conference with media today, leading into the game against Auburn, that his office had had somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 calls requesting access to Kyle. And so he brought him along for the press conference today. Um, it was actually kind of a, a, a really neat, feel-good moment for uh, for that. Um, so a lot to get to with you this afternoon. What's up, fellas? It's what college sports is all about, right? Uh, at least it used uh, to be. I do... <laughs> that's, that's a very true thing you just said right there. Very true. Uh, so Florida, Kentucky played, right? Big win for the Gators. The Suns and the Nets played on ABC same day. Okay. Only 400,000 more people watched the NBA game on over-the-air television than Florida-Kentucky college basketball. That, I mean, that I've been trying to is, tell you the ESP, uh, that uh, the NBA is dying and you just don't want to listen, but here what? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That league has got such a problem, and and they don't like they just ignore it completely. The story today in the league is healthy stars are sitting out their games tonight. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Basketball is popular. People like basketball. They care about it. They don't like NBA basketball, and they just don't want to acknowledge that. And the coverage versus the popularity between that league and college football. Is unbelievable. College football is just like a, a little a little stepchild that ESPN has that they ignore for most of the year. When it's it, it, it's insane, twenty times more popular than it, anything else they air besides the NFL. It it's makes crazy. no sense. I mean, they would probably point you to fo- focus groups and you know people talking about LeBron and people talking about Dak, and that's why those are the only two topics that they cover. But you know what? I'm in not in management and not leading any focus groups making those decisions. So, people love um, basketball. Over a million people watch Florida Kentucky, a January college basketball game. Two good, certainly not great teams. So, so let's just start there. We had four games last night in the SEC. There was one that was really interesting. It was that game. It was Florida and Kentucky. Uh, Florida winning in overtime, 94-91 over Kentucky. That's consecutive overtime victories for Florida. The other three games were Alabama-Georgia. That started while we were still on the air. You remember Georgia raced out to a big lead. They could not hold on. They had a 14-point halftime lead, and all they did was get outscored by 23 in the second half. Alabama just blitzed Georgia in Athens in the second half of that game. Bama won at 85-76 to move to 7-1 and overall in SEC play and 15-6 and for the year. You had Arkansas at Missouri... It was one win, Arkansas, against winless Missouri. Arkansas led the game by 19 at the half. They ended up winning it by 7. 91-84 was the final. Um, And you had Auburn hosting the other winless team in the SEC in Vanderbilt, and Auburn won that game. It was I didn't know that it was possible for Neville Arena to be dead anymore. And it was dead last night. I mean, dead, dead inside that building. 
I actually had a conversation with broadcasters from each of those two games, the the Arkansas-Missouri game and the Vanderbilt-Auburn game, throughout the course of the day-to-day, and I suggested to both of them that they deserved hazard pay for their work on, on those games last night. They were gross. Ugh. It was such a contrast to what we saw on Tuesday night and even such a contrast to what we saw in the Florida-Kentucky game last night. Um, wow. I don't know. But but Vandy at Auburn and Arkansas, Missouri was gross last night. Yeah, very gross. That's okay. I mean, you, you know, you can't win. You can't you win get them all, that. right? Yeah. You, you can't. You can't. Well, I was talking about college football, right? And, and the weekends are always good, right? But there's always a few games that are just duds. Yeah. There's the same thing that's going to be said about college basketball. You're going to have some great games, and they, they make it all worthwhile. But you're going to have some games that are just, yeah. Did you guys happen to watch the end of regulation for Florida, Kentucky? I think it's it now. So Kentucky makes one of two free throws to go up three, and Florida gets the basketball. And there's like 12 seconds left, something like that. They bring it up. They kind of go through their offense. They kick it out. And you know what Florida didn't do? They didn't foul up three. They instead allowed Zion Pullen to go pump fake out on the uh, perimeter and hit a three to send it to overtime. And then Kentucky just really couldn't do much of anything in overtime, and Florida gets the win. It's a really, really big win for the Florida Gators. Yeah. And another kind of puzzling loss for Kentucky. It is. It is. Uh, Kentucky's fine. I mean, they're they're good. They're talented. I don't think they're a Final Four team. I, 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 don't, I don't think they are. I mean, their four young superstars were not on the floor at the end of the game. It was Reed Shepard and four veterans that were on the floor in overtime for Kentucky trying to beat Florida at Rupp Arena. There was another result in college basketball. So that, theoretically, is a game that helps Ole Miss, right? I mean, Ole Miss has a win over Florida. Florida goes and gets a quad one win on the road against Kentucky. That should help Ole Miss. Ole Miss's net numbers just aren't moving much, like regardless of the results that happen. But there is also something that is happening in college basketball that is hurting Ole Miss, and it's happening on a regular basis. Guys, Memphis lost again last night. Last night they lost at home to Rice. There was a projection like three or four weeks ago that had Memphis as a two-seed. And they were a top 10 team in the country, and they have lost four straight games to unranked teams and have got problems culturally yeah. with locker room issues. Yeah, culture. Yeah. Yeah. I got my fishy line right. Northwestern covered. Did you see the end of that game? <laughs> I, I did see the end of that. And I love during I gave it an his eight meltdown. On the, the Rick Stansberry scale. He's still. To his credit, he's mad as you know what at the refs. He's losing his mind, but he makes sure to shake the coach's hand and let the other players know, hey, you guys played a great game. Like, you guys are the best. He, he hugged Edie Dee Dee and then turned her right around and was giving it to the refs again. It was kind of funny. We're... It's not your fault these guys are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Um, let me just propose something for you. You can think about it during the break, and we can answer the question when we come back. More likely... Ole Miss or Mississippi State in the Sweet 16 this year 
or Kentucky in the Final Four this year? Which one's more likely? Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. That's the number for the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. All right, so let me do that. I threw the question out to you. We're just, you know, just, just for fun. We collectively believe that both Mississippi State and Ole Miss will be NCAA tournament teams. So much of success in the NCAA tournament is about draw, it's about matchup, it's about location, it's about luck, it's about guards making shots, who's got the best guard. So so much of success in the NCAA tournament is driven by guard play. More likely this year, either Ole Miss or Mississippi State get to the second weekend, make it to the Sweet 16, or... Kentucky gets to the Final Four. Which is more likely this season? One of our teams making it. Yeah. Even if Kentucky was better than, and they're certainly not bad, don't get me wrong, but even if they were better than this, uh, you're asking two teams to win just two games and one team to get all the way to the Final Four. Just the number's not in your favor there. I mean, never mind that. Like, just recently, I just don't have a lot of trust in Calipari to to, to do well in postseason play. Yeah, you know, he had a obviously he just has not been the same guy that he was a decade ago, as far as 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 that goes. Yeah. So yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky to me is just they're kind of like Purdue at this point. A team I just year in year out I don't expect them to do well in the tournament. Mike in Oxford says it's more likely that State and Ole Miss get to the Sweet 16 than Kentucky makes it to the Final Four. Ooh. Mm. I like it. Chasing I like, I like Columbus. A spice. Chasing Columbus says Kentucky in the Final Four. State ain't making the Sweet 16 as a team shooting 50-something percent from the line. You won't win close games in the postseason doing that. I don't think that's an unreasonable point. I, I, I think... You, you have close games when you get to the postseason, and you have to make free throws in clutch situations. I'm not saying that Mississippi State can't do that. They certainly have had spurts where they have shot the ball well from the free throw line, but as of late, it has been a bit of a bugaboo. A bugaboo. So, I don't know where bugaboo came from. Hey, conundrum. Man, it just felt like the, the right word. Uh, yes, a bit of an enigma. For the Bulldogs, as of yes, late. if you will, uh, yes. Hey, can we hit on the SEC baseball tournament for a second? I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Sure, it's by interesting. This. So, we can go whatever season. you want, man. Yeah, not not this season, but starting next season, there is a next new... season when when Texas and Oklahoma yeah. join the conference. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, when that happens, so so not this year's SEC baseball tournament, but the 2025 tournament in Hoover, a single elimination tournament, and the reward for being one of the top four seeds is that you only have to win three games to win the SEC baseball tournament. There's a massive advantage. And on top of that, in terms of winning three games, you have an off day, potentially. Two, two of the teams will have an off day. So it still will begin on Tuesday. There will be four games on Tuesday, four games on Wednesday, two on Thursday, two on Friday, two on Saturday, and a championship game on Sunday. So the teams that are seeded 9 through 16 will play on Tuesday. Elimination games for everybody. The 9 will play the 16, the 12 against the 13, the 10 against the 15, and the 11 against the 14. So on Tuesday, four teams will be eliminated. On Wednesday, the winner of game one, the 8-9 game, I'm sorry, the 9-16 game, will play the 8 seed. The winner of the 12-13 will play the 5 seed. The winner of the 10-15 will play the 7 seed. And the 11-14 will play the 6. And so you will have four more teams that are eliminated. So after two days, half the field is gone. And then you'll have two games on Thursday. The one seed will play on Thursday in the early game. And the four seed will play in the late game on Thursday. And they will play the winners of the top half of the bracket games from the previous day. On Friday, you'll have two games. The two seed and the three seed, and they'll play the winners from the bottom side that are still alive. And then single elimination games on Saturday and a single elimination championship game on Sunday. So if you are the the one seed or the four seed to win the SEC tournament, you win on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, you're the champ. If you are the two seed or the three seed, you win on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you're the champ. Now, there are eight teams going into this that could potentially have to win five games in six days. If you play on Tuesday, you would have to win on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So for the the eight lowest seeded teams going into the tournament, you got to win five games to win the SEC tournament. For that next group, the six, seven, eight, and nine seeds, I'm sorry, the five, six, seven, and eight seeds, you would have to win four games in five days, and then we talked about the top four. Forgive me if that sounds a little confusing trying to explain it in a simple way on the radio. I, I, I think I explained it in a way that made sense. Give me your thoughts. Let, let yeah, me start out like with it. one. Let, let me start. Let me start out with one and just give you, give you a, a, an overarching thought. 
You can win the SEC baseball tournament and not kill your pitching staff. That's good. If you are a team that is very much likely to be a postseason team. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you're one of the eight lowest-seeded teams and you make a run, you might or might not have been in the tournament. Maybe you can play your way into the tournament. You probably need more opportunities to play games to build your resume. But if you're one of the top eight out of this 16-team SEC in the SEC tournament, you're playing in the postseason. You're going to be in an NCAA regional. And now, if you're one of those top eight teams, the most games you're going to play is four games over five days, and you don't kill your pitching. I think the Hoover Chamber of Commerce and the Small Business Association had a big deal with this as well because they were just like, we're not not having State and Ole Miss here anymore. <laughs> They're coming. We're, we're not having those two fan bases not over here. The as flip it, side of that is, if they lose on Tuesday or they lose on Wednesday, there's no they're hanging they're around for a couple yeah. more days. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you ever, whenever you lost on Tuesday, it was, you were gone anyway. So yeah, it's true. just an extra day. As a general principle, I don't think a postseason tournament should include every team that played the season. I think the season should be consequential to some degree. However, when it comes to this, you know. Some people just disagree with this line of thinking, and that's okay. I just I find the SEC tournament rather insignificant when you're talking about teams that can play for and compete for championships, like a real one. You know, winning the SEC doesn't matter if you get bounced in two games in your regional. Nobody cares about winning the SEC when you perform poorly a week later. So, anything to preserve the arms, while also. De-incentivizing losing on purpose in Hoover is a good thing. Because teams go there and they don't try. Not everybody, but some teams do. South Carolina used to famously. They would go there and, please, let's lose two games and go home. Th- that's Chris Lamonis could tell us all he wants that he did. He was trying in 2021. I don't buy it. See? And, you know, maybe there's less of that now because you, you and, as you move on, you're not killing your bullpen anymore. So that's and, a good thing, too. the flip side of it, the, the flip side of that, Borky, if you don't care about being there and, you know, you, you want to rest, you lose one game and it doesn't really hurt your resume either. And yeah. you clear the space for the teams that are actually going to try and put on a good show. I think this overall is good. I mean, it's different. It sounds good. Yeah. The other side of that is the Hoover's Chamber of Commerce gets a Kentucky versus Oklahoma final game <laughs> with 250 people in the stands. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, supertalk TV. We'll take a quick timeout. Back with you more right after this. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi.
Tim originally on the ceasefire text line loved the idea of the new format, and now he thinks it's less good. He said, great news. He didn't realize that there were buys that were built in. He thought it was 16-team single elimination, and he said, great news about the superb SEC exhibition tournament played in Hoover each year. Interesting way of describing it. He said, this is what I love. Eight teams go 0-1, four go 1-1, two go 2-1, and one goes 3-1, and one, and one goes 4-0. No one takes a major NCAA hit, and the selection committee can't exclude any team for not making Hoover. It's way overdue, even before we got to 16 teams. But that's not the format. And I think the biggest reason, Tim, that's not the format is you just don't have time to play that many games. I I, I think that's the rationale. I mean, and player says, safety's got to come into account at some point. Well... I don't think you're worried about the number of games that the teams play. I think you're worried about, okay, if you've got to go 16 to 8 to 4 to 2 to 1, that's a lot of games. And maybe you just do it with built-in days. I, I don't know. Whatever. But he said, okay, I'm driving and thought it was straight up all 16 with no buys. This announced format is inferior. But the more I think about it, the more I like the new format. Yeah, you've got to reward teams for having good regular seasons. I mean, then, then what's the point of even trying? And I know it's for postseason seating, but I mean, what's the point of even keeping standings in the SEC at that point? If you're going to go, if you have two league losses, you don't get rewarded for that in the postseason. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of benefit. I agree. Have we ever had a winner of the SEC baseball tournament? that would not have been in the postseason field otherwise? I I don't remember that being the case. I'm not trying to make a joke. Was, wasn't Ole Miss close when they won it a few years ago? Or was it when they when they lost to Vanderbilt, they had done enough to get to... Because I, I remember Bianco was, was in some... So there were some issues there. You know, I was right, right when Bjork left... Yes. They were talking about possibly moving on. Right. They didn't win the tournament. They lost to Vanderbilt, but I guess just making the final was enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the case. Okay. Um, because the year they won it was the year before that when they were really good, right? Beat LSU that year? I, th- I think that's that – yeah, I, that's, I, know the, the, I know who they lost to in the postseason, but I don't remember if they won the SEC tournament that year. Yeah. Anyway. Um and I guess the reason that I asked that is, oh, there is one right off the top of my head. Eighty-seven Mississippi Mississippi State. I meant uh, two in the years modern, after they. I meant in the modern. Well, era. I'm just saying. Who, who could but forget? That was, that, that was. I knew it. I was that negative was also, five. Uh, Tim and Richard. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim and Richard said answer to Richard's question. Ha, huh, 1977 for sure when Ole Miss won the very first SEC baseball tournament at Swayze. Now, I, I'm i talking about in our current 64-team field. Okay. Um, I have such a different era when you were talking about 48 teams and like the, the, the postseason was so much different then than it is now. Yeah. I guess the question that I'm getting to is if you're seeded 9 through 16, you probably are going to need to do some work at Hoover regardless. And so having opportunities to get deep 
and play more games, I feel like is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of the top eight teams, you're in already. But you still have enough opportunity to perhaps improve from a two seed to a host, from a top 16 to a top eight, if you were to win three games in three days or four games in five, you know, however it works. So, Man, the closer we're getting to this, the the more excited I am. I, I did my first kind of just looking at what the lineups could possibly be, and then we got the the announcement for national TV games today. And look, I I know basketball is is great, and and I'm glad that the teams are good and we get to cover good basketball, but man, the crossover of having both of those things at the same time is going to be a lot of fun. We haven't mentioned it, but we got there was a big piece of news on, on those televised games. And that's that the Governor's Cup will be on ESPNU. So our long statewide nightmare of how are we going to watch this game has been solved for us. And it's not... It's just going to be on TV. It's not streaming. If you have television, you'll get to watch the game. Which, you know, sometimes you celebrate things even if they're years and years and years and years too late. It's 2024, and we finally get to watch a major college baseball game on television. Celebrate the accomplishment. It's about time that they figured that out. I will petition the the league now. Hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. I'm going to petition the league now, Richard, for a Richard Cross, J. Powell booth on that game. Okay. I don't know know if the petitioning works or not, but I I love the idea. Uh, I, I think that's great. Um It used to be on television. Like, see, there was a there was yes. a window there where CSS carried the game in the midweek, yes. and you could watch it. Yes, and then it went away. It was like, yeah. why, why are we doing this? But that, that's but, what exacerbates it, the it, point. It, it really went away because it wasn't even that it's not on TV. You could It was like the one game you couldn't stream. Yeah, but it did stream last so, year. To their credit, they figured it out, and the yeah, uh, the voice they figured it out. Of the M Braves, may they rest in peace. Was on the call and he did a good job. And <laughs> uh, but remember, it feels like forever ago. But wasn't it? I mean, just a few weeks from now, last year, where the turf monster almost cost a guy an ACL, yeah. and Ole Miss and Southern Miss didn't play, and there was that. Mike Bianco was scared, discourse, and all that. You guys remember that? That was a that was an interesting night. It was. Season had not quite gone sideways at that point for the Ole Miss baseball team. At, at that point of the season, it was right. That was that was still to come. So the first television game on ESPN's family of networks this year will be Florida State, Florida midweek game in uh, in March. Once we get to conference play, the first weekend that you get on television conference games, both Mississippi State and Ole Miss will be featured. South Carolina at Ole Miss, the Saturday game, will be on the SEC Network, followed by LSU and Mississippi State, the Saturday game. Um, Thursday, March 21st, Mississippi State at Texas A&M will be on ESPNU. You have Ole Miss, Arkansas, Thursday, April 4th, on the SEC Network. 
Georgia at Mississippi State's SEC Network on Saturday, April 6th. Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Two of those games will be on the SEC Network. The Friday night game is on the SEC Network, and the Saturday night game will be on ESPN2. 7.30, Saturday night, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, ESPN2. Yeah, buddy. Should be a fun one. Sign me up for that. And and you'll get some casuals, people that just love baseball, that pull up their, their TV package, have no, like they're uh, just flipping through the sports channels. Oh, I'll watch this baseball game and they'll see an incredible environment. Is that, uh, is that Grove Bowl weekend? Do you know yet? I don't know. They have not announced that publicly, I don't believe, but okay. I have no idea. Uh, the Saturday game of the Auburn at Mississippi State series will be on the SEC Network. Uh, Alabama at Ole Miss, Thursday night game on ESPNU. Saturday afternoon game on the SEC Network. Ole Miss, Mississippi State on Wednesday night, May 1st in Pearl on ESPNU. 6 o'clock first pitch. Two of the Ole Miss at Auburn games, the weekend of May 4th and 5th. The Saturday-Sunday games will be on TV. Auburn will be debuting their new powder blue uniforms with hottie tigers on the front. (laughs) I I chuckled when I saw that picture, Borky. Um, Texas A&M at Ole Miss Friday night is an SEC Network game. Mississippi State at Arkansas Sunday afternoon is an SEC Network game. Uh, Sunday, whoa, Sunday night, Texas A&M at Ole Miss Sunday at 5 p.m. Central. I'm in. What day? I'm cool with that. Sunday, May 12th on the SEC Network. There you go. For the oh. last week game of the season? That can't no. be right. No, and it's the next to last weekend of the regular season, and then the final weekend of the regular season is all wild card games. Honestly, so some, some Sunday afternoon and evening games would probably draw better, wouldn't they? Mm. I mean, that is listed as, as a Sunday night game. Yeah, the student PM, crowds will be better. Speech. Are there any other? I guess school's already out, so I mean, our school should be out, right? So it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. It's not an issue anyway. We're sending cool. Cal's volleyball team to Clemson on a Tuesday. You're not Sports wrong. Talk, Mississippi. We're back with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Here we go. Sports Talk, Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk, Mississippi. Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio. 
Somebody says, uh, in terms of college baseball, do they still have the rule that you can't start a game after a certain time on Sunday, like when it rains out a game, or do you have to play two seven-inning games? Yes, there are Sunday travel rules that are in effect. But I'm assuming, based on what we were just looking at a second ago, and I've reached out to a couple of people just to see if anybody had noticed or heard anything, that those travel rules would be suspended for that Ole Miss-Texas A&M Sunday game. Five five p.m. Yeah. on a Sunday for first pitch. So, I mean, it's the time of the year. I guess like it should be beautiful. I mean, May twelfth. Let's go. I mean, it's got to be schools out at that point for Ole Miss, and there's no issue of getting back in time for for classes. We and I. You're only explaining rationale, but we we need to stop right. pretending like classes matter in college sports. That's one thing that that good can come out of all this chaos is we stop pretending like that matters anymore. I mean, it's not a joke. Cal volleyball is going to play at Clemson if they have a volleyball team. Any Cal sport that doesn't play on a Saturday also has to play at Clemson. That means volleyball, soccer, field hockey, whatever. So if they're going to do that, then let's. Let's let baseball games on Sunday be played at 5 o'clock all season long. Student athlete. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, man. That's Mother's Day? Oh, I forgot. Oh. Well, that's, you know, take mom. you take mom out to a nice Sunday brunch. Yeah. Come home, and then, hey, we're going to the ballpark. You give like, mom what she really wants. Three hours later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and AM schedule, I mean, they're back home the following weekend. Yeah. Um, Honestly, like 2.30 would be the perfect start time on a Sunday afternoon baseball. Plenty of time to go to church, take a little nap. If you got little ones especially, put them down at noon when you get home, get them up at 1.45, get to the ballpark. Students will be clear of their Saturday hangovers by then. I mean, these new well, starts think on Sunday are just. I, not... I don't think we're scheduling Sunday baseball games based on student hangovers. I, I think that is probably a bridge too far. It's just a benefit. That's all. It's an added benefit down the list of items, but still. Yeah. Mike says that finals end on the tenth of May. There you yeah. go. What? Whatever the reason. So. Um, Good to be with you this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We've got a, I know there's another day, but this is a byproduct of what Michael Borky has been champion, championing since December. We're worrying about and focusing on and caring about the basketball games that are coming up that are still a couple of days away. It's not like you just get to the day of the game and like, oh, there's a game tonight. There are two large games this weekend for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Mississippi State on the road in Tuscaloosa. It is the second game of a very difficult week and, frankly, of a difficult stretch for Mississippi State. Um, Got to go to Alabama. Probably should have beaten Alabama the first time they played. Didn't get it done in Starkville. Had a chance, didn't get it done. So... Getting to run it back about three weeks later. 
against an Alabama team that at times has looked really, really good and at times has looked a little little suspect. Hey, Dan, is there anything you take away from that first matchup that Mississippi State had with Alabama that you carry into this next matchup? It's kind of what I carry into every matchup. And if State makes free throws, they win that game. (laughs) And so it's kind of the same thing over and over again. It's it's a recurring theme as Chase and Columbus brought up just a few minutes ago that uh, you know if State had made their free throws, I remember last year the game in Tuscaloosa between these two teams. They played they both played twice last year. The game in Tuscaloosa was much closer, and State led a majority of that game, and then just couldn't make shots there at the end of the game. And of course, Brandon Miller did Brandon Miller things on the basketball court. Those are allowed, not not off the court. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, he took over the game and then state just couldn't, couldn't hold on there. So I think state has, a, has an opportunity here. You know, I, I feel like you've seen this year that when state plays their best, they can go into any arena and, and, and have a chance to win. But when they don't play their best, they get pushed around a little bit. So we'll see what happens, uh, Saturday. I mean, another quad one opportunity for state though. They would, they would sure love to get it. No doubt. And then for Ole Miss, just, a massive, massive, massive opportunity at home on Saturday when they host the Auburn Tigers. Do you know that the Auburn Tigers are the only team that currently in the SEC does not have a quad one win? Wow. Only team. Fun fact. We're back with you right after this. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Hour number two. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of live entertainment. I'm still a little mad that uh, I have not done a better job planning for the Ron White event. I'm not a stand-up comedy guy like you guys are, but... He's funny. Um, there are a lot of live events that are coming to Pearl River Resort. You can order your tickets online at PearlRiverResort.com. Ron White sold out, but if you're still looking for tickets, eh, you might reach out to him and see if there's anything still floating around. That's Saturday night, February 24th at 8 o'clock at the Silver Star Convention Center. Cool in the gang coming up on March 16th. That's a Saturday night as well. Tickets available. The Wallflowers, May 4th at Silver Star. And then the great Brian Knight. That's June 29th. Easing you into the month of July at the end of June. Brian McKnight. Tickets available online. PearlRiverResort.com. Hey, Dad. It'd be a great date night for you. You and Mrs. Hey, Dad. Little, yeah. little Brian Knight. Yeah. McKnight, not Knight. Brian McKnight. Brian McKnight, well, yeah. It's also a, it would be a, a Brian, Brian Knight, Knight, you know. For, yeah. A night for Brian. Yeah. Have a uh, wonderful dinner at Philip M's. 
Ooh. See a little Brian McKnight. Spend some time in the mm. pool. Spend a little time in the poker mm. room. For now a poker tournament. Yeah. Get up Sunday morning. A little time in your lazy river. Oh, what a weekend. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get to the water park this summer with Little Man. No doubt. He's entered the fearless stage. There is no obstacle I'm not going to climb. There's no slide I'm not going to go down. It's going to be great. Finally got there. Took us a while, but we're there. I saw no, what boy. you were interested in today on Facebook. I commented on it. I don't know if you saw the the trains and trucks expo oh, or yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> You gotta go. That is why I have a fa- I have a Facebook for community events. I mean, that's where I am in my life. Yeah. Like other people have Facebook, to, like catch up with old friends. Ah, whatever. I mean, it, you know, we we can pick up the phone and call each other. I don't need to comment on your pictures. I'll tell you what I think about your pictures. I. <laughs> I need the community call events. One day from Borky, like you look like an idiot. Yeah. Like it's all it says. <laughs> You're like, oh, wow. all right. Oh uh, uh, man. I will. By the way. Um, Correct what I said before the break. It was a stupid comment that Auburn was the only team without a quad one win this season. I had to go back and look at Vanderbilt's schedule, and I was reminded that Vanderbilt has only five wins. And they have come against South Carolina, Upstate, UNC, Greensboro, Central, Arkansas, Alabama, A&M, and Dartmouth. None of those teams are quad one teams. None of those. No. And and none of them ever were. Quad one academics for Dartmouth, but, you know. Maybe. Maybe. I'm going to go out on a limb. And say an Ivy League school, probably quad one academic school. Better school, Vandy or Dartmouth, I wonder. I can tell you where I'd rather go. Dartmouth? Cornell. (laughs) I have a cousin that swam at Cornell. I didn't like him. I still don't like him. I just, I didn't at the time either. What an incredible story here. I just threw Cornell out because of the office reference. Your cousin swam at Cornell. Yeah. And you didn't like him. I don't aren't like him. Big, aren't they the Big Red or Big Red? Like big Red. Yeah. Can you name the Ivy League schools? Ooh. How many are there? Eight, I think. Three, four, okay. five, six. Harvard, eight. Yale. Yep. Harvard, Yale, Cornell, Princeton, Brown, Dartmouth. <sighs> Ooh. Columbia? Yes. New York City. And. Uh, oh, it's a, it's it's one I'm gonna feel ashamed if I don't get it. Yeah, you are. Uh I'm gonna feel ashamed. And and one uh, of the more successful athletic programs. Oh, I'd, I I Penn. Know. Yeah. There you go. The Quakers. The, the University of Pennsylvania Quakers. Got it. Yeah. And then there's some schools that are in that part of the country that you're like, wait, are they Ivy League? Yes. And then you're like, oh wait, no. Yeah. Lehigh. No, Lafayette. You are not an Ivy League school. No, Lafayette's not. uh, There's a few others. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to do it. It may not be best for air, but I do want to see if I can get you guys to name every school and mascot at the Division I sports level. I want to see if you guys can do it. What, I would get you a lot closer than you might think I would. I, I, I would be pretty close. And then, uh, like, there's those tests online. Every American professional Sporkles. sports team and mascot, yeah. including, like, soccer. Tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast starts with me and Robbie just naming Mississippi High School n- mascots. So, 
Heck yeah. We just got into that for a few minutes. Electric The factory. Tartars. We didn't mention the Tartars. We I asked him what his what? favorite uh, got mascot lead. was in the state. And, uh, and, and he asked me mine, but neither one of us had that one. What were your votes? Uh, he went with Kosciuszko, the Whippets. Yeah. And I went with East Union, the Urchins. That's a good one. That's, that's yeah. a good one. Tartars is a good one, though. I probably should have thrown them in. I stepped on an urchin in Jamaica. Have I told you? I've told you guys that story, haven't I? I think so, yeah. Stepped on a sea urchin. Hurt. Oh, it hurt. Stepped on a sea urchin. Felt it right away. Uh, like, swam backwards on one foot to the shore and was able to pull some of the big pieces of the urchin out of my foot. But, because of how uh, God designed them, they have barbs at the end of their uh, of their spikes that stick into things. Like, that's the whole point. So, when I pulled them out, I broke off the ends of the urchin spikes into my foot. And so I'm at, it's a corporate resort that has a medical facility on site. Well, you would think. I hobble my way there, and the nurse, air quote nurse, looks at it in, in her accent. She was not, uh, she was not American. We were in a different country, of course, but this I is I gathered a, that. But, you know, a corporate, Resort, an American company, a corporate resort, and a nurse on site looks at me and goes, what I do thought you? this was America. And she was like, what do, you, what do you want me to do? And she takes a needle out of a package and hands it to me and goes, you can try this. So I had to dig the rest of the urchin out of my foot with a needle that this nurse gave me. Couldn't get it all. It took six months for all the little pieces to finally like just come out of my foot. You are now a doctor. I don't I don't uh, know what that one is. That's uh that's uh I sat on a porcupine by Huck and Lily. No, I I got that part. Yeah. I just I didn't have a. You're now I a doctor in a, Jamaica, though. Uh, I know. Like, you're I, like Doctor uh, Doctor Nick Riviera of uh, of Jamaica. I, Hi, everybody. That's you. I, I was so proud of myself because I kept every word that my head was thinking inside. But when she says, "What do you want me to do about it?" Like, what do you mean? What? It, what? You're a nurse. Do something. She's like, I'm not. I'm a nurse. I'm not a magician. Oh, it was painful, buddy. Oh, it hurt. I bet. I uh, I had to walk like kind of off because it was right under the the, uh, like underneath my big toe, and and, like the first two toes. I had to walk like on the side of my foot, kind of, for a few weeks because every time I would step, they would just go in further. Can we talk about how bummed out you would be if you were a fan of a football team, and on January thirty first? Your head football coach decided to leave. That's what happened at Boston College yesterday. Jeff Halfley, the head coach at Boston College, yesterday announced that he was leaving to go be the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Matt LaFleur was excited to get him. Halfley was 22 and 26 in four years at Boston College. Bowl eligibility in three seasons. Finished out the uh, the year this season 
with a win in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. And had kind of resisted some NFL coaching opportunities in the past. But sources told ESPN he wants to go coach football again in a league that is all about football. College coaching has become fundraising, NIL, and recruiting your own team and transfers. There's no time to coach football anymore. A lot of things that he went back to college for have disappeared. Hmm. Tough timing for Boston College. Yeah, leave leave a team of 85 guys that went to Boston College to play for you just in the dark. We're back with you right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort studio. So the whole the coaching carousel, we think it stops spinning and then boom, something happens again. It feels like this is probably the end of the college coaching carousel cycle, but Boston College has got to come up with a new head coach. I, I haven't seen that there's been any sort of an announcement on that. I can't imagine that they would have done anything this quickly. But the other thing that Boston College now has to deal with is the fact that the transfer portal is open for their players for the next 30 days. Yeah. And even though the semester has started, I mean, you can still put your name in it and hear from other schools and, and stuff like that. No doubt. The, this sparked a uh, a discourse yesterday, and an interesting one, because on one hand, I mean, I understand, you know, telling the media that you left to, to go coach for the Packers is because of NIL and, and Portal, and that caused the, see, we've got to change this now because college football is losing great coaches and, and stuff, and, you know, there's truth to it. Absolutely there is. But coaching in the NFL has been better than coaching in college. It has been. College coaches have left for the NFL forever, and they will continue to do so. Now, defensive coordinator from college, not exactly the same thing, but as we've learned with Dan Quinn getting hired, man, once you once you get in the NFL, it's really hard for them to get you out of the NFL. It's true. It is a... It is a never-ending cycle of mediocrity sometimes in those coaching hires. Yeah, just, a bit once you, once you are, Once you have, at the very minimum, a coordinator job, it could be more, it could be just an assistant coach, but it doesn't matter. If you're a coordinator, you will always have a job. I mean, the Bears, 
the Bears have been one of the worst offensive teams in the in the in the NFL past few years. And yet the Saints interviewed Luke Getze, their yeah. offensive coordinator. I mean, why would you even interview the guy? You're not going to hire that guy, are you? No, somebody are will you? hire him to do something, so, though. He's going to have a job. Yeah. But yeah. But on the other hand, the, it is chaotic. It is insane. You always had to recruit in college, but you didn't have to recruit your own roster every three months. You, you had to deal with under-the-table recruiting. Now it's above the table, but it, it's it's totally different. I just I think that the coaches with the multi million dollar guaranteed contracts are not the best messengers of the oh the job is so hard. I just I wish we would hear more from the the staffers, the recruiting coordinators, those guys that are working eighteen hour days sometimes for very little pay. That's who I sympathize with. But when you're talking about coaches with with fully guaranteed mega multi million dollar contracts about how hard the job is, I just can't bring myself to feel bad that Boston College lost that guy. Oh, I hate that the players can leave whenever they want. Says the guy that just left his job whenever he wanted. You talk about commitment and oh, the kids aren't committed anymore, and you leave. You're just doing the same thing they're doing. I don't know. I just that that's that's the wrong messenger for this. I want to hear from the non-multi-million dollar coaches. I want to hear from the guys that really are having to deal with this for very little pay. Yeah, I'm not even sure that the very little pay is as much of a thing as it used to be. I mean, I think even the now certainly as you go down the ranks in major college football it becomes less, but if if you're part of a staff at a major college program outside of being a graduate assistant, you're making a decent living. Now, you work a ton, a ton, but it's – and maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's – there is so much work – and there's so little life that goes along with it that you've got to compensate those guys at some sort of a livable wage different than maybe you did in the past. I, I don't know. Yeah, but, but you're right on that. You've got offensive line coaches making seven figures. Yes. And, and this topic is so nuanced, and so many people want it to be black and white, cut and dry. Either Portal NIL is the best and everything's awesome and don't change a thing, or it's terrible and the sport is ruined and we're all going to die. And there's no room for the nuance of... <laughs> but but there's no room for the, okay, coaches are richer than they've ever been. Pete, go, old, <laughs> old Miss's defensive coordinator is making $2 million plus dollars a year. Their offensive coordinator, who, who coordinates under an offensive-minded head coach, makes over a million a year. So the, the coaches are richer than they've ever been. The athletic departments are richer than they've ever been. The television contracts are bigger than they've ever been. They're generating more revenue than they ever have. It's not, you're not going to get mass appeal to agree that the players should get nothing. And the courts will tell you that that's not going down that road anyway. However, to say they get nothing is also incorrect because they did before NIL. They got a lot. It's... There's there's so much so many layers to this that people are unwilling to unpack it and understand that both sides can have good points 
and, and be right and wrong at the same time? And the best solution would be to have both sides give a little to come to the best for all, but instead it's either cut their scholarships, we need to get this all back in, no portal, no money, put it in a trust fund, or let them do whatever they want whenever they want. And neither side will happen, and neither one's the right answer. Tip, tipping points on the way. It, it's coming. I, I'm convinced now that it's coming sooner than, than even we realized, and, and I don't know what that timeline is. Is it two years? Is it five years? Is it ten years? But, and, and look, I've been the one that's kind of operated. Is it broken? Are we sure that the system is broken? And I think, candidly, the reason that I've argued that is because I feel like my alma mater, the place that I grew up going to games and watching games, has handled the NIL slash transfer portal environment about as well as anybody in college football. And frankly... Ole Miss is at a place right now that they haven't been, and I don't think they could have been just a few years ago. They were close for a short time, but in the old environment we were in, if Ole Miss has a good recruiting class, obviously they're cheating and you know people are coming and looking into it and, and whatever else. But all that's out the window. And so now Ole Miss has said, okay, what are the rules? These are the rules. Let's go. And they have invested in a way that they have made themselves relevant nationally in college football. And I think that's the reason that I've been like, I don't know, is it broken? I mean, if it if it's if it's only broken because traditional powers are not quite as dominant as we have become them used to being, then I'm not sure that means it, it's broken. But with the news that we got yesterday from the states of Tennessee and Virginia, or the state of Tennessee and the Commonwealth of Virginia, that they are, once again, suing the NCAA. And the NCAA reminding us that, oh, you're made up of your member institutions. We have to turn for wisdom to... Tom Mars? What a heel turn. Tom That's a face Mars. turn. That's face a face turn, turn when, you, when, you become, when you become the good guy. Ah, Gosh, Richard knows so much more about wrestling. i, I got to catch up. Tom Mars is like the voice of reason in this. I, I read a statement yesterday. I've been saying that for years, though. Listen to this tweet from Tom Mars yesterday. And and let's remember what we're talking about. The NCAA has told Tennessee and Florida State, we are punishing you for rules that you broke in this NIL era. And we all know that the rules have been this convoluted set of changing suggestions. But the NCAA is going to punish Tennessee retroactively for rules that they broke. Here's what Tom Mars tweeted. Enforcing new NCAA legislation ex post facto 
would be wrong as a matter of policy and is contrary to the NCAA's repeated assurances that D1 enforcement provides fair procedures while ensuring fairness in the investigative and adjudicatory process. He also said the prohibition of ex post facto laws is rooted in principles of fairness. The drafters of the Constitution firmly believe that the power to create ex post facto laws was one of the hallmarks of tyranny. Yeah, voice of reason. Come on, Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. What's on your mind this afternoon? That's the best way for you to connect with us. As a former coach, I enjoyed the on-the-field coaching. Hated all the drama, paperwork, etc. Today's coaches can't plan ahead. It's not broken. But us old-school guys are tired of the year-round recruiting. Okay. I understand it, especially if you can get a job at the NFL where you don't have to recruit again. And look, we, we have seen guys step away from college. The, 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 the brightest example that's semi-local is Matt Luke when he left Georgia, sat out for two or three seasons, and he's now back in it at Clemson, chose to get back in on, on his timetable. We've heard people say that's going to happen more often. But you know why that's going to happen more often, though? Because, because the pay. they've got so much money that they can afford to do it. I mean, a lot of people are talking about Kirby Smart. That there's this rumor. I heard it on the podcast today. There's rumor that Kirby Smart is not long for college football. And how devastating that would be for college football to lose Kirby Smart. And... uh as somebody that doesn't live in the state of Georgia and have a University of Georgia degree, uh, that would not be devastating at all. Please leave, Kirby, tomorrow. But it's because he's making $12 million a year. It's easy to hang it up when you've got tens of millions of dollars collecting interest in your bank account with a hedge fund manager getting you invested in all these really successful companies. Uh, just Matt Luke got a gigantic buyout from Ole Miss. It's easier to walk away when you've got all the money that you could possibly need. Yeah, but, you know, they love to do it. I mean, Richard comes to work every day. <laughs> well, most days, let's be honest. But in, in Matt, most days, that's, that's a good point. I should say most days. And Matt Luke's a really good example, too, of, you know, obviously, he still loves to do it. He doesn't need to. Man, he could live at 30A. And just enjoy life for the rest of his life. I I don't know Matt Luke like you do, but I imagine he's got his money with some really smart people, and that money's growing and growing and growing a lot. But he loves the game, wanted to stay in it. 
I, I have no idea what Matt Luke's financial situation is. I do know that he seems to be smart, and I think he's doing what he's enjoyed, or he's enjoying what he's doing. Clearly, there was always a, a chance that he was going to get back into the, the coaching game, but he chose to step away not because he had to. Matt was he was fortunate and, and has admitted such, uh, at least privately, and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that publicly. Matt had, had worked really hard for a really long time and had carried a pretty high stress level, and he wanted to be around his kids. And so he got to take a couple of years where he was running daddy daycare and picking up kids and going to games and dropping them off at school in the morning and spending more time with his wife, Ashley, and just being a dad and a husband, and and it was good for him. But I do – so I guess that's what I wonder when I hear, well, coaches are going to get out of it. Are they ever going to be able to get the it out of their blood? Like, I mean, if you're a football guy, can you ever get rid of that? Because there's part of me that's like, you know, what what if you were on one of these really accelerated paths, like a guy like Dan Lanning? How old is Dan Lanning? 35, 6, 4, 7, 309? 37. In his 30s. He'll be 38 uh, in a few months. All right, but, but, but even in the case of Dan Lanning. Okay, so he's 38, which is... Very young, especially for the position in which he and he makes roughly ten million dollars a year now, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, but let's just say ten million dollars a year. But think about it: Dan Lanning has now been doing this for sixteen years. He's thirty-eight and he's young. He's a young head football coach. He's been doing it for sixteen years, and that means for the last sixteen years, he's been working hundred-hour weeks. 80 to 100-hour weeks for what, 40 months out of the year? Huh? And then probably 60 to 80-hour weeks, another 10 weeks out of the year? That's a grind. That's a hard grind. So mm-hmm. if I put myself in Dan Lanning's shoes, and, I mean, he's driven, he's trying to go win a national championship, but if I, if I were to go like, combination Dan Lanning-Kirby Smart. Let's say that Dan Lanning had had the success that Kirby Smart had had at this point. Had a couple of national championships. If I get to be 40, and I've made somewhere between 5 and $10 million for a decade and have won a couple of national championships, why not shut it down? And I don't mean like never do anything again. But but if you get to 40 years old and you've had that kind of success as a coach. Say so, say so a 40-year-old with two national championships that since they've been 30s been making over a million dollars and since they've been 34s been making 6 to 10 million and hasn't just gone crazy wild and has kids and a family. What? You, you've been working 100-hour weeks for two decades, almost. It's probably time to slow down. And you can always go back to... Or not. <laughs> or, or not. I mean, Bob Stoops has kind of gone back. Bob Stoops said he didn't want to die like his dad did at a super young age. So he scaled it way back. Was he coaching a little XFL? 
You think yeah. the grind of the XFL is like it was at OU? Come on. No way. I don't know what all that means. I do know that it's a hard job, though. Oh, yeah. And pressure. God, the pressure. Especially, but not truly not making a joke, but at a place like Auburn. Think, think about the pressure that Hugh Freeze is under at Auburn. Took over a roster that wasn't ready to win, but, buddy, you better be able to win right now. You got to win today at you Auburn. Know, it, it's almost like, and this is not a Hugh Freeze conversation, so don't throw me into that. It's almost like you look at a guy like Hugh Freeze and you're like, what if you didn't leave Liberty? I bet he'd be so happy right now. Or anybody like, so I live in Lynchburg, Virginia, in a beautiful home on top of a mountain that the university pays for. I have no expenses. They pay me 4 or $5 million a year. And without a whole lot of stress, I'm winning 10 games a season. Playoffs expanding. We could get oh, in there. Oh, no. I got to go get in the rat race again. And again, this is not about Hugh Freeze. This is just any coach. I mean, what if Jamie Chadwell was like, dude, I'm staying. He's not. Is Did he leave? No. We're, no, he's still there. Yeah. What if Jamie Chadwell's like, this is awesome. I'm staying here for the next 10 years. I'm going to make $50 million with basically no expenses. I'm at a place where we're going to win a bunch. They're going to love me. They're going to build a statue. And I don't have to do what some of those guys are doing. Isn't that a more likely outcome to all of this, the coaches are miserable thing? Than going to the NFL because the 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 NFL there, there's not many jobs that come open there and as we mentioned earlier a lot of nepotism that goes on in the NFL once you're there you're never gone. What if you stop seeing the I've got to take the first available job I am out movement with coaches? What if they keep the low stress jobs instead of wait hold on I'm going to go to Alabama where every single day of my life. For 15 hours a day, I have got to be on, and I've got to be on, and I've got to be on. And if I lose a single game, hundreds of thousands of people in this state will put my address online so people can come vandalize my house. That, that or I could stay here at James Madison. I know they just lost a coach, but still. Yeah. Where they won't do that after I lose a game. And I'll still get millions. I don't know. Mm. It's interesting. That, that, that's not everything that is difficult leads to bad outcomes. Hey, Dad, what would you do? You'd shut it down, wouldn't you? Or would you keep on grinding? Oh yeah. No, no, I'm I'm not much for the grind. <laughs> I, I never would have. Couple, I never would have guessed that about you. Nah. Never, never would have guessed. Nah. And Borky's been telling us forever. I mean, he needs like $100,000, and he's going to retire to an island forever. I'm out. He's convinced that like $28,620 in his checking account, and he could just shut it down for the rest of eternity. I've been watching a lot of plenty living out of your van videos on YouTube, and and I think that, that, that life fits me some. In a van. Why don't we try to get Borky back on the right track? 
Oh, Sports Talk Mississippi. We're back with you right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi. story today just read it and then give the people like 10 solid seconds to process i'm sad that this is getting the short end of the stick this should have been the whole five o'clock hour we'll carry this over it's fine we'll do the college football fix driven by ford alabama baseball coach might be no his also his little buddy might be the dumbest combination of people that have ever existed on this planet his little buddy, is it? Whatever you would, would call that guy, uh, yeah. Suffice it to say, Brad Bohannon will not be coaching college baseball anytime soon. He has received a 15-year show cause. 15 years! Not enough, by the way. I, I would support a lifetime ban. I really would. I'm not being hyperbolic. I think doing He's what never, he did. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's never going to practicality. It is right, but lay the hammer down. You know, a 15-year show cause from the NCAA and any NCAA institution that hires Brad Bohannon must suspend him for 100 percent of the baseball regular season for the first five seasons of his employment. Tell me you're unhirable without telling me you are unhirable. Oh, goodness. In a text message through the Signal app, Bohannon sent a message to a fellow in Cincinnati, Ohio, at the Great American Ballpark to place a wager. Remember it was Alabama LSU that were playing baseball that night? Yes. Student athlete name redacted, so blank is out for sure. Let me know when I can tell blank, being the opposing team. Hurry, he says. And that was after he sent a message that said, hammer. Amber LSU, my pitcher's out. Hurry. And let me know when it's done so I can give Jay Johnson a heads up that our starting pitcher's a scratch. Bert Eugene Neff is perhaps 
a larger moron than even Brad Bohannon. Ain't no perhaps about it. Yeah, you're probably right. He attempted to place a $100,000 wager on the Alabama game against LSU, but was limited to 15000 by the sportsbook staff. That's according to the NCAA. Bet MGM Sportsbook at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. I know we talk about big numbers all the time. A $100,000 bet would be a large position on Alabama LSU in football. That that would call, give special attention on the Super Bowl. $100,000 bet on the Super Bowl gets at least locally depending at the book. Who, they, depending on who and where and, and all of those things. I started right. to say Super Bowl, but I actually at Great American off. Ballpark for sure. Yeah, a hundred thousand dollars on a college baseball game, but it gets worse. It does. It it does get worse. I, I'm trying to milk it. it I, I like this has to go. Here we go. Shortly after receiving the electronic messages from Bohannon, the better, attempted to place a $100,000 wager on the LSU baseball team at the Bet MGM Sportsbook at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, but the sportsbook staff limited the better to a $15,000 wager. The better then attempted to place additional wagers involving the April 28 Alabama versus LSU baseball game, but the sportsbook staff declined the wagers due to... What could it be? Suspicious activity. This suspicious suspicious activity included the bettor's insistent demeanor to get the bet placed and statements to sportsbook staff that the bet was, quote, for sure going to win, close quote, and, quote, if only you guys knew what I knew, close quote. (laughs) The suspicious activity also included the better showing sportsbook staff messages from Bohannon and explaining that the messages were Bohannon informing him, the better, that Alabama was scratching its starting pitcher before the game and before Bohannon alerted LSU. It's like he's trying to get them to get in on the action. Hey, come on, I got a tip. Let me place this bet. You place one yourself, too. We'll all be in it. We'll all get rich. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, 5 o'clock hour. Thanks for joining us in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Alongside Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. I was talking to Brian Griffin at Pearl River today, and he he's like, hello. I said, man, what I wouldn't be give, give to be walking down number 12 fairway right now. 
at the Azaleas. He's like, oh, yeah, come on. Gorgeous day today. Got another good one coming up tomorrow as well. Temperatures in the upper 60s where it cools off a little bit, rains a little bit more. You got to take advantage of those days when you get them, and you can do that at the Oaks or the Azaleas at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, part of Pearl River Resort. Online, DancingRabbitGolf.com. That's DancingRabbitGolf.com. C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless, got you covered. Home internet, yep. Or business IT services, C Spire has you covered. Learn more online. CSpire.com. C Spire, customer inspired. Brad Bohannon's buddy is like if you spent too long at the bar and you're driving home from the bar and you see a police officer parked on the side of the road and you pull up next to the cop and say, Hey, officer, I've had so much to drink tonight. What's the officer problem? No, but you don't stop there. It's (laughs) like you pull up and you're like, I've had so much to drink tonight. Want a beer? Yeah, you. <laughs> Here, here's the receipt from the bar where I just spent two hundred bucks. But then he invites him to be a part of the process. Yeah, you and I want to. You want to get a beer with me? Let's go. I'm in. I'm buying. I'll drive. Come on. You know, around the holidays, you have uh, porch package thieves, and now that we've got like ring camera technology. They're getting caught, but it's really hard because you can't get their license plates, and those people kind of go free too often, just being, you know, low lifes that they are. That's like somebody going up to a package on somebody's front porch, noticing the ring camera, and saying, "Hey, my name is John Smith. I live over there on Stonebridge Avenue. My phone number is five 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 two seven five one zero five six, and here is my social security card and my passport. And uh, see you later." Yes, it's it. You, you, you can't make. You it know up. who doesn't think this was a big deal? Kayshawn Booty. He's like, what's the big deal? I don't get it. Seems like pretty normal behavior to me. I mean, I think Brad Bohannon has a family. I hate it for them, but I, we're I still, still gonna make fun of him. You, you know what? I still want to know why. I still want to know why Brad Bohannon put himself in this position. Because he is either one of the most ignorant human beings in a relative position of power that we have ever publicly heard of, or he was in a desperate situation. And he thought there was no other way out, and it caused him to lose all rational thought and judgment. People that have been around Brad Bohannon don't think he's an idiot. They don't think he's just, like, brain-dead dumb. So it it leaves me in a position where, like, I don't, what else could it be? Uh, the, the nature of it, you know. Connect a dot between point A and point B. Sometimes it's it's not a straight line, but sometimes it is. And and people, even with a lot of money and, and a lot of success, get hooked on stuff like gambling and 
can never let it go and lose everything on it, and they think the only way out of it is to do more of it. I guess. I mean, I, I just I don't know. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. I, it's just a mess of a situation, and he'll never he'll never work in college athletics again. I think he's pretty hard to employ. Period. Yeah. The NCA did show one thing in this. They're like they do take gambling seriously. The other stuff we can we can make fun of them about the NIL and and, and all that. If you gamble, you will be dealt with with serious and real consequences. Yeah, they're they're trying to put you under the jail. Yeah, for for that. All right, it is time right out. now for the college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. End of truck month coming up. So uh, be sure to take advantage today. Michael Borky, where are we going today for the college football fix? Well, I do think we need to mention this, although it's it's a really unsurprising thing. If you paid close attention to the lawsuit against Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss football from a, uh, although former but current kind of player, DeSanto Rollins, um, if you read it and and looked at it with an objective mind, you knew that this was the inevitable outcome, but the outcome came nonetheless. That lawsuit was dismissed uh, yesterday. So so that news broke yesterday that, uh, um, unsurprisingly so, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss will not be having to pay $40 million uh, to a player uh, that wants to be reinstated to the team and also choose the position he wants to play on said team. Hey, Dan, if you read the lawsuit hoping with on hope that everything in it was true, even you knew it was going to be dismissed, right? There was never any question in my mind. My, 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 I thought that if you're saying a best-case scenario because you don't like Ole Miss, the best-case scenario is going to be like Kiffin would have to issue some sort of apology and maybe he gets somehow – I don't think he's reinstated. I don't, I don't know, but that's something along those lines, right? But the idea that Lane Kiffin or that Ole Miss was going to have to pony up $40 million and just reinstate this guy and make him a starter or whatever, nobody with a working brain could have thought that. So, no, I, I never I never got my hopes up for this one. I was a lot more excited about the Alabama job opening up than anything else. <laughs> you, you did not hitch your wagon to this shooting star. I did not. I did not. No, and you know the the other side of this is I, I honestly there's part of me that really feels bad uh, for for the player because you know we've all been that age before. I didn't make the smartest, most rational decisions all the time. I, I didn't always do things that would help set me up for a better future all the time. I didn't think. I mean, the only thought that I had when I was 20 is where my next drink is coming from. What bar am I going to tonight? What party am I going to? I certainly didn't think about things that would affect me 10, 15, 20 years down the road. But there were a handful of adults in that dude's life that didn't stop him 
and you would think encouraged this considering he hired an attorney and filed this suit and compared his situation and to that. And has apparently appealed the ruling to the Fifth Circuit. And, and that'll lose again. Um, I mean, he even went so far as comparing his situation to that of a teammate's father passing away. Uh, there are a lot of adults in this dude's life that should have said no, that didn't say no. And now what football team is going to want him on their team, knowing that they're going to have to walk on eggshells to the 10th degree? And if I'm an employer, I'm not hiring somebody that filed a lawsuit like that against me, something so frivolous that it got thrown out the, the, in the manner in which it did. This will affect his future for a very, very long time, and there were people in his life that didn't tell him no. And that's a shame. Yeah. It is. But don't you have to also own it a little bit? Of course. Of course. I'm not absolving him from responsibility. Uh, Absolutely not. Other people are also responsible, too, I guess is what I'm saying. This, this, the, 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 the crux of this matter was was mental health, correct? That he felt like yes. Ole Miss did not provide yes. a, an atmosphere. Well, then, in that case, perhaps this young man needs some help. This young man needs somebody to help him because that that I don't think a forty million dollar lawsuit it, with these circumstances is a cry for help. So I hope this young man gets the help he needs and turns his life around and and gets going in the right direction. The judge in the case, um, Michael Wills, in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Mississippi, said in his ruling, the evidence shows that it was up to Rollins when or if he resumed team's at team activities. The decision was entirely own, uh, his own. He wrote that claims of Kiffin's negligence, quote, fails because Rollins made no showing of discriminatory intent and also says that Kiffin's conduct in the meetings was more immature than going beyond the bounds of decency. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Suck Mississippi is brought to you in part by M Trade Park. You can find them online at mtradepark.com. A lot of events coming up very, very soon at M Trade Park. We're talking tournaments, baseball tournaments, fast pitch tournaments, soccer tournaments. It's all about to get rolling as we roll into the month of February. February 1st, we are here next weekend. Is the first U-Triple-S-A baseball tournament of 2024 at M-Trade Park. you got a fast-pitch tournament the following Saturday, February 17th, and then another U-Triple-S-A baseball tournament February 23rd through the 25th. You can learn more about these events and all of the events that are happening this spring at M-Trade Park on their website, mtradepark.com. M-Trade Park, located in Oxford. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. That's mtradepark.com. Thanks for being with us this afternoon. So, the DeSanto Rollins thing is a mess, but that's over now. Yeah. I mean, I guess there will be an appeal, and at some point there's going to be a footnote to a story 
where the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals overturned it as well, and it's probably going to come to an end. I think it's just kind of where you are at this point. Pretty much. And, and that's, you know, we don't need to spend much more time on it, but I did think it was worth bringing up the fact that, hey, remember that happened. Bo- both the first filing and the leaking of the conversation that was recorded between he and Kiffin were leaked at strategically opportune times during the season. So it became kind of a high-profile story as a result of the timing of the filings. And, of course, Lane Kiffin's name is going to just generate whatever. Um, But now we have seen the end. So another story out of Ole Miss. You saw the news last week, I guess it was, that Austin Thomas, who was the general manager for Ole Miss football, I I don't know if that was his official title, but he kind of ran their recruiting slash – he was, their, he was the GM. Collective relations operation. Um, he worked closely in coordination with Lane Kiffin on the inside of the football program, the rest of the staff, and on the outside of the football program with Walker Jones and the folks at the Grove Collective, and is thought to be uh, really good. And he's going back to LSU for, what, the, the third time? I think this is his yeah. third stint at LSU. Uh, he's worked on different staffs. Ryan Kelly did not keep him on board when he got the head coaching job. And if I understand correctly, he's not actually going back to the same position at LSU. It's more a position within athletics administration that kind of puts him on a path to potential AD one day, continued growth. I, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. It's a big loss for Ole Miss. Uh, and so Lane Kiffin had to go out and he had to find a new person for that position, for the new director of player personnel, the new general manager spot. And so he uh, reached out to a guy that, well, I don't know if he reached out or not to Steve Sarkeesian, but he reached out to a program that has had success in the transfer portal and appears to have their ducks in a row and has a pretty good system in place, and that's the University of Texas. And so Ole Miss has hired away Texas Texas's director of player personnel to be its new general manager. What's his name? Bill. Bill is coming to Oxford. Billy. Um, <laughs> you sound like you're having an asthma attack, Hayden. Uh, Billy Glasser already. Billy Glassick is coming to join the staff at Ole Miss. I don't think that's what it is. It's a, it's a silent. There's a silent consonant in there. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> I'm telling you, somebody's going to get him a rescue inhaler. He sounds like he's having an asthma attack. <laughs> a year ago, I'd have been in real trouble. We were having this conversation. <laughs> oh, man. What? Um, Billy Glasscock is the new general manager at Ole Miss for Lane Kiffin and the football program. Ah, there it is. Ah. <laughs> so many times it had to be. Silent C, not a hard C. Yeah. Silent C. Silent C. Yeah. 
Not a hard C. I got you. Okay, no problem. <laughs> you made that so much worse than it had to be. You could have just said his name. I would have chuckled and moved on. But then you made it worse. I wasn't going to. I was going to be very, very professional about it. I really was. <laughs> but then I started. They hired I, a new guy. I saw you start. I saw you start giggling <laughs> and leaning over. As soon as I heard the topic, I, I heard a smile. And I Borky know. saw it. Borky saw me smile, and he was like, oh, God. Yes, yes, so did I. Ah, uh, he's well, been, been around a little bit. and um, <laughs> Actually, uh, honestly, Texas Minnesota, people, NC State, Texas, now Ole Miss. And, and NC State especially um, did it. An exceptional job of recruiting and developing there uh, while he was there. Dave Dorn's really good, by the way. Just a sidebar. Um, but Texas people are kind of confused today. In a good way, if, if you're an Ole Miss fan listening, they're wondering how Kiffin was able to poach a guy for essentially the same position at Ole Miss over Texas, and they don't really like that he was able to do that. Apparently, did a really, really, really good job there. I had a buddy ask me earlier, you know, what do you think about the hire? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. I mean, today I learned what his name was. So I went and looked at what Texas people think about this, and they're furious. And so, therefore, it's probably good. I know that's not the best strategy to, to go about this, but that is a pretty good indicator of the kind of person you're hiring. Like Houston Nutt. Remember when Arkansas fans were pretty thrilled that Ole Miss hired Houston Nutt away? It's probably a, a sign of things to come. And... From the state perspective, I don't think they got the number one guy, but state's guy came from that's held in this position. It came from Ohio State. So, I mean, if you're going to – I'm a big proponent of that. Like, go and find a number two guy at a huge football school and get him. That's what I thought with Zach Selman. I was like, go find an athletic director, somebody working at that role as a number two at a big power school, and that's what state did. So – yeah, for Ole Miss to go get this guy from Texas, well, apparently he he wasn't the number two. He, he may have been. Was he the number one at, at, in this particular role? It, it appears yes. so. Yes, that's mm-hmm. a coup. That that's a great get for for Kiffin. And Kiffin, you know, kind of was making it obvious through some Twitter trolling that the loss of of Thomas was a big deal to him, his program. He felt like, you know, he he, oh, he didn't and, like it the fact yes. that he was losing him to LSU. Everybody so associated. Everybody associated with the Ole Miss program, like universally agreed, and eh, not a good thing to lose Austin Thomas. He has done a really, really good job. Has been very important to the success that Ole Miss has had in its process, not just in getting the players, but in the process by which they have been able to get players in the transfer portal. The way they've targeted them, the way they've identified them, the way they've decided how it works within a. I mean. For lack of a better way to describe it, salary structure. That's what it is. Ole Miss has been very organized. And there are a lot of programs that you can't say that for. It's honestly the reason that... I'm just going to say it. I can't... like. I just kind of rolled my eyes when Auburn was super excited about taking LSU's player personnel guy. Because LSU hasn't been great in the transfer portal market. They haven't been great in the NIL space. They've spent a lot of money. They haven't spent it wisely. They haven't spent it well. And they haven't gotten great results from it. 
I mean, they did get a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Well, okay, congratulations on the one position. I'm talking about building out a roster yeah. and maximizing no, your dollars. Look, look at their defensive personnel saying. at the moment. Oh, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So, so anyway, I, I guess what I'm saying all, in all that is, if you're like worried, oh, I can't believe Auburn was able to hire away LSU's guy, eh. you should be far more worried about LSU hiring away Ole Miss's guy than you should be Auburn hiring away LSU's guy. Paired with their it, DC hire, too. Oof. But it does appear that Ole Miss has done a good job. Chris Lowe's tweet earlier today, Lane Kiffin is hiring Billy Glasscock as Ole Miss football's GM. Glasscock was Steve Sarkeesian's player personnel guy the last three years at Texas and previously served in similar roles at NC State and Minnesota. Glasscock has a strong rep as a keen talent evaluator. So we'll uh, we'll see how this plays out. When did the when did the Ohio State thing happen for Mississippi State? Is that in the last couple of weeks? Uh it was it was back in December, I want to say. Okay, it, it, it was it was late December, I want to say. We, we talked about it at the time. I remember. I just didn't remember the exact timing on when that happened. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. About half an hour left with you on this Thursday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studio. From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. for being with us on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Glad to have you along for the ride on this Thursday afternoon. Don't forget, tomorrow we will have Bruce Marshall on to talk some basketball primarily, maybe some early look at um, early look at some Super Bowl props. We'll do that in earnest a week from now. Uh, tomorrow will be a food Friday as well, plus uh, getting set for a big College basketball weekend. All that is uh, coming up tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi. If you miss any of the show, you can always go back and get it on demand, uh, available at supertalk.fm or wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're downloading podcasts, you can uh, be sure to download the Rebel Report for all things Ole Miss, hosted by Michael Borky, or Thunder and Lightning for all things Mississippi State, Brian Haydad, and Robbie Falk. And all of that will cost you a grand total of Zero dollars. It is free to you. Great information. We'd love for you to be a subscriber. Download it. Rate it. Smash the like button. Leave whatever comment you want. Five-star ratings only, though, right? Smash it. That's right. Is that the uh, appropriate podcast lingo? I believe so, yeah. So YouTube people say, smash that like button. Smash that like button. Exactly. It's It's like... didn't work. Happen. And I said, you can leave a five-star review. 
has to be five stars. You can say whatever you want in the review, but make sure it's five stars. Um, that's pretty cool. The uh, you know I mentioned earlier today. So you've got Kyle Wakefield. He is the student manager on the Ole Miss basketball team that uh, dashed onto the floor and mopped up the sweat and cleaned things up the other night and got the students going. People just went crazy, and it turned into a, a social media phenomenon. And apparently there were a lot of requests to talk to Kyle from different media outlets. And so Chris Beard brought him to the press conference today and just sat there and let him take – he talked about him glowingly for a couple of minutes, and then he let him take questions. And Beard sat there very, very patiently. It was it was good-natured. And then he goes, is there anything else? We're only going to do this one time. we got to get back to basketball. And then there were like four more questions. <laughs> and Kyle finished answer, answering those questions for the immediate were there. And then Chris Beard decided to start grilling him. <laughs> He asked him like five or six questions as well. And then he was like, all right, good job. And, uh, and he left. But I thought it was cool. Kermit Davis chimed in on this as well. Kermit Davis was the guy that originally brought him in as uh, a manager. And, uh, there have been a lot of people that have talked. I actually know Kyle and have gotten to know him a little bit over the last few years. Just a super, super guy that is, you know, sometimes you just meet people that are enthusiastic about life. And you're like, that can't be real. Yeah. They can't be like that all the time. He's like that all the time. So I'm during football season. I was going in to grab a sandwich at, uh, I don't know, somewhere in town. And he and some guys were in there, and he came up and he spoke, and and he couldn't wait to talk about basketball. He's like, hey, they're getting after it. They're getting after it. Holy cow. It's so, you know, just really cool story, though. Neat stuff. Love it. Hey, do we have time to um, do the the pitching coach interview? No, even we'll if we split it up, I will have to save it. All right, so that's tomorrow. If you missed, hey, tell us a little bit about that conversation. Yeah, last night on uh, Thunder and Lightning Live, we talked to Mississippi State uh, pitching coach Justin Parker. It was my first time to talk to him uh, since he's been hired, and very informative, uh, very very. Uh, I mean, he, he knows his craft, we'll put it that way. You know, he talks about pitching the way, you know, uh, 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 an artist would talk about painting, I think. It, it was very, very interesting. Very, in, I, I mean, I'm not a great interviewer, I don't think, but I felt like I got really good answers out of him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and you know, pitching is such a, a big deal for State this year because that is where that team suffered big time last year. And, you know, my question, one of the questions I asked was like, did you have enough time? You know, the season ended in May. It's almost February. So we're talking about like eight, eight months, something mm-hmm. like that. Is that enough time to correct all of those issues? And he went into why he thinks it has been and, and what he's seen from his team. So uh, we can play that interview tomorrow. As, as Borky said, it'll also be on tomorrow's uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast if you want to hear it there as well. So there's plenty of places to catch it. I thought it was, a, I thought it was a really good interview though. I was, I was impressed with him. Very cool. Do you think there's reason to be excited, reason to be optimistic around Mississippi State baseball? Maybe more so than than you have allowed. I don't want to say than you've allowed yourself to be, but more so than you have been in talking about them since the end of last season. Yeah, because the I think the talent is there. 
you know, I, you look at that. Excuse me, you look at that lineup, and you've got you know two big time hitters in it in Hines and Jordan. You've got a couple of guys in Larry and Mershon who you feel good about. Logan Kohler, the transfer from Memphis, has hit at in college baseball, so he should be able to come in and be okay for you. Bryce Chance was able to hit last year when he got the chance. No, no pun intended. Um, and then from a pitching perspective. I mean, Sanjay and Lofton and Holcomb, these guys were, were on major league draft boards um, coming out of high school, coming out of junior college. So I, I know there's some talent there. And then bringing, I think I think one of the keys for State this year is the return of Stone Simmons. And he was pitching really well when he got injured two years ago. He had to sit out an extra – he sat out a, basically a year and a half uh, with Tommy John. And – uh, as he pointed out to us when we talked to him on Friday, he is the last remaining member of the 2021 national championship team still here in Starkville. Uh, so you know, he, he brings some of that with him, but he was pitching really well when he got injured. And so if he can come back and give State a really solid option in those those last couple of innings, he and Nate Dom, I think, can be a, a good tandem for State back there. Lamona said he doesn't have a Landon Sims, but, I mean, that's – who has a Landon Sims? Very few teams in the country would have a pitcher of that caliber on their roster. So, I uh, it's just about the pitching. I think I'm pretty sure they'll be better defensively because I don't know how they could be much worse than they were a season ago. Especially you know when they had Forsyth at short and Alford at third. Those two guys could not get anything going uh, defensively. But if if they're better pitching, and they don't have to be good, they just have to be better. To they, they gave up, be a postseason they team up, or to stay out of the cellar. Yeah, to be just to be in to be in a regional. I mean, they were at seven. They were at seven runs. Their ERA was seven last year. If it's five and a half, that I mean, that's a that's a huge jump. It that's is probably but you're, enough to you're win enough games. You're that convinced that this offense is going to be electric? Well, I mean, even if, 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 it, if it just get what you had last year, I think that would have been enough to 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 put you in the postseason. That would have been enough to win four or five more games, I think. I think there's so many questions mm-hmm. that, 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 frankly, we won't get answered. If we have definitive answers to, the, to our questions before the start of SEC play, then That's I think it's not, then it's not good news. I said that on the show last night. I said that 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 schedule, the way it's set up, if State goes to when they play LSU the the in March, if they already have like five losses, it's over. It's over at that point. Yeah, yeah. You know, just 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 you're just you're just counting the days until the end of the season. They need to have at worst three losses when they start conference play. And you know, you you flip over to Ole Miss, and. I mean, it's questions there, too. No doubt. Now, in terms of the transfer portal guys, you have guys that are, are proven. They're just not proven at Ole Miss. Correct. So it's playing together. It's playing well. It's having good chemistry. It's handling SEC pitching. And it's being better on the mound. And that's a lot of ifs or, or a lot of things that you need to see. The... The kid from Duke, Andrew Fisher, I think. Um, Luke Hill, the transfer from Arizona State. 
That's your left side of your infield right there. Yeah. And then the F A F A U F I U. A. F A U transfer. I don't remember if it was Kendall or if it was somebody else that I was talking about that raved about him and his ability to hit the baseball. And then you got you got Ethan Groff back in center field. Um Catcher is an interesting spot this year for Ole Miss. And I'm biased on this. Like, I love the kid and I want to see him do well. He is an, an Oxford kid from a great family, friends. He's been incredible to my kids. Campbell Smithwick is a true freshman that's going to be the opening day starter at catcher. And his fall was phenomenal offensively. I, what do they need from him offensively? They need to hit 250. They need to hit. 260. Competency. That's all. Needs to be competent at the plate and serviceable behind the plate. And then anything beyond that, I think there's a chance for it to be significantly more than that. But that's a big ask for a true freshman. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Quick shout out to my wife, Rachel, who I make listen most days. Today is our 10-year anniversary. Rachel, happy anniversary. We would wish your husband a happy anniversary as well if he had bothered to include his name while requesting a shout out to you. But hope you guys have a wonderful evening. A date night or go on a trip for a 10-year anniversary or, I don't know, whatever it is. Thanks. We uh, we appreciate Rachel, hopefully you actually enjoy it from time to time, and it's not just uh, you're forced to listen. But uh, thanks for being with us. Hey, listeners are listeners. And congratulations. Yeah, well, sure, but, I mean, I would prefer it not be against their will, generally speaking. Um. There you go, Andrew. Uh, it's Andrew. Oh, he was one of our uh, our winners. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I know. Who, I think I know who Andrew and Rachel are. All right, very good. <laughs> Aiden, it says, I'm Andrew. Richard delivered me a shirt a few weeks ago. Richard also bought Rachel coffee one time. She helped deliver one of his kids. One of those things is not like the other. Well, I think a shirt and coffee... Yeah, the, yeah. The kids a little bit more, a little more important. Very good, very good. So they're taking a little weekend trip. Well, happy anniversary, regardless, and uh, just having a good time. So, um, great stuff. the The television menu tonight is not great, boys. No, I mean, there's some NBA stuff out there if you're interested in that. There's a little bit of college basketball out there if you're interested in that. But we, we are in a little bit of a lull. Do you like the week off between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl, or do you wish it went straight to the Super Bowl? I get why they do it, but I do wish they went straight to the Super Bowl. We're going to have a handful of pretty good guests next week, and that's all I will say uh, about that, uh, getting you ready for said Super Bowl. 
So, and no, it's not anybody affiliated with Taylor Swift. Well, I mean, that'd be a great pull if you could get it. Like, regardless of how you feel about Taylor Swift, if we could get her as a guest on Sports Talk Mississippi leading into the Super Bowl, that would be, it's a podcast that would do good numbers. That would be unbelievable. I'm sorry, people are complaining about Taylor Swift so much, I'm starting to like her. Like, I might go listen to her music on the way home tonight. Any particular song? I don't know any of... I mean, I, I know, like, if you played it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's Taylor Swift. But I couldn't tell you a Taylor Swift song. I mean, like, Blank Space or... Yeah, I, okay, see, there's one. I'll start with that one. Start with Blank Space? Yeah. And just go from there. So you don't have Taylor Swift music on your uh, on your phone? I don't. I have Katy Perry on my workout playlist, though, not going to lie. Uh, which songs? Uh, Firework is one of them. That's a great one. It's a good running song. I don't run much anymore, but that's a good running song. Yeah, I've got a fair amount of Taylor Swift, but I also have a teenage daughter who, at one point, listens to... I have one. Which one? Antihero. Oh, okay. Um, Borky, Waking Up in Vegas is a good uh, Katy Perry song for your workout list also. You get the little jingle from the slot machines at the very end. Yeah, that's a good one. Ding, 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 ding. I've got a lot of 90s grunge on my workout playlist. It doesn't really fit very well. But uh, that's how I got on Teenage Dirtbag, which it took me six days to get that song out of my head, by the way. Six whole days. I mean... I'm just a teenager. I mean, just over and over again for six days. Sorry, what, how was that again? I I can't do the voice like he can. Hey, Dad, do you want to sing it for him? No. I even watched a, docu- a, a short documentary about how he wrote and came up with that song to try to get it out of my head. Didn't work. You watched... You watched a documentary on Weedus. I did. It was like 20 minutes on how there, how he decided better, to write the song. Better and, question. There's a documentary on Weedus? Yeah, it was on YouTube. Uh, I mean, I was I was trying to find any way. Because you know how people say that a, if you have a, a song stuck in your head, you go listen to it and it goes away. Mm. Not so. Uh, no. Are you gonna not wa- so. Hey, are you going to wa- watch that one on Harvey Danger next? That's, that uh, might be worth looking up, actually. The making of flagpole sitta. <laughs> if you guys would prefer to go ahead and make fun of me now, you you may. I just preemptively. Yeah. I will not be here tomorrow. Um, but we'll do it now and then. We'll, okay, we'll, that's we'll, good. We'll, 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 yeah. I mean, big surprise. I'm not here on a Friday. No, uh, big day at Crosshouse tomorrow, though. Uh, get some some daddy responsibilities tomorrow. We've got the uh, Oxford Middle School Parade of Beauties tomorrow night. Big. Uh, Big deal. Pretty pretty fired up about you that. You emceeing that? Uh, no. I'm just going to uh, be there to support my daughter, who is going to be part of it. Okay. I was not invited for that. Um, so that's uh, that's tomorrow. So Borky and Hey Dad will carry you into the weekend. It'll be a great basketball weekend coming up. We appreciate you Once being... again. <sighs> I can't wait, Hey Dad, to try and listen to your food Friday. Maybe we'll talk about smoked lasagna tomorrow. I can only hope. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studio. Oh, it's incredible! 
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.